It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroff, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the Black business leaders of our past have inspired today's Black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast special edition, extended edition. Uh, this is happening on Wednesday night. I'm joined by Joe Goodberry of The Athletic, or I just got off the phone with him, talked to him. About a bunch of stuff. You can find us on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, you can find us here, Locked On Bengals. If you're new to the podcast, I'm James Rapine. I cover the Bengals for ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW in Cincinnati. And this is a podcast that gives you your daily Bengals fix. Fun part is, this is the second pod of the day. Joe, had the ability to join me. We had an extended conversation about all sorts of stuff. Last week we did that. You enjoyed it. I got some good feedback, so I decided to do it again. Here's uh, Joe. We start out by talking about Cordy Glenn, and he jumps right into it about his film study of Cordy Glenn and how much he likes watching LaShawn McCoy. Watching Cordy Glenn, LaShawn McCoy is so fun and so good. I wish <laughs> we had a guy with that type of speed and elusiveness. It's wild. He, I mean, he is so <laughs> damn good. I think he gets underrated still. Yeah, I, I got into an argument with Mo um, around when they played the Bills this year that, that LaShawn McCoy was still a top five, top ten running back. He didn't think I so. I got it. He might be top two. Yeah, like he's he's doing that in Buffalo. That's what I don't think people understand. And oh, Right, there's no other receivers or anything to take away attention. The quarterback can take away attention. He is he, – now he'll take his – you know, negative one, negative two, and just go down because he knows he's not going to power through anybody. But that's okay if you're going to break off 15 on the next run. He's it, This is fun watching him. Yeah, I'm. see, it would be cool. Hopefully Mixon can, not that, but Mixon can have a, a breakout and you can enjoy watching him this year. If Mixon breaks out in any fashion, he doesn't have to be McCoy, but it changes the offense completely. And, I, you know, I'm down. I'm ready for that. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's why, and I, I know, heck, our, our conversation was lost, but that's why, to me, if you invest in a right tackle, it just – because you, you mentioned it with James Daniel. You think Daniel will be there at, at uh, 21? Yeah, I think he should. I think that's when you start uh, the range of seeing him, seeing him go. I, I think the guards could go as early as Dallas. I think they're at 16, 15 in that range. Um, and if they don't go there, I think you know the Bengals, and that's when the interior guys could – that's right, highest they go. Um, and there's a few teams in there in that teams that could do it, I guess, but – yeah, I think I think Daniel should be there. I think there's a chance. I expect Price to be there at 46. So I guess that's kind of the trade-off. Do you say, well, you know, take the best center or the guy that's the most rare, or the most unique in Daniels because his, his athleticism is not. So he can get to that reach block and get to that that front side nose tackle, like Travis Frederick for Dallas. I think uh, Frank Pollock's going to love Daniels. But uh, or do you say the value is there if we take? Price at forty six, and I can listen to both arguments. To be honest, yeah, I, I mean, to me, I think people here love Price because he went to Ohio State. 
I said it. Oh, for sure. I, I, it kills me, man. Like I'm like it's fine. Like he's really good, but like I don't even know if Price is going to be there at 21. And I'm like, come on, man. Like he tore his pack. Right. Like he's he's Someone going to with me. He's going to be there. The player on the Ohio State team, and I'm like, okay, even if you say that, fine. But Denzel Ward is definitely the best best prospect from Ohio State. So that logic just doesn't make sense to me. And then I think Sam Hubbard's really good. So. You know, it may not work out that Price is the best one or two guys even, you know, in the NFL a couple of years from this class for them. Yeah, I, I just, I, when I hear you say unique athleticism, I'm like, all right, that's what I want. I, I want right. someone unique, and it would just, I think it would do wonders. Because it, when I think unique athletes, I think Joe Mixon and Giovanni right. Bernard, and then having a right. center like that who could do that, I just think it would be cool. I, I also think that, and, and Call me crazy, but moving back to twenty one, everything is in play now. Besides running back and punter and kicker and receiver. Oh, sure. I think, I, yeah, I think quarterbacks in play now. You think quarterbacks in play? I think it should be at twenty one. Oh, I mean, it should have been in play at twelve. Yeah, but but now it it makes it even, you know, less. It's not as as big of a stretch. I don't know. I think it, I think it affects the way the Bengals think. I think it affects it. <clears throat> yeah, maybe. Because because they, because they have the left tackle pulled, or, or you know. And here, here's the thing too: the, the deeper you get into the draft, because especially the top fifteen, top twenty quarterbacks are getting over overdrafted. They're not top ten players in the draft, but they will be drafted top ten. You follow me? So if you're sitting there at twelve, chances are best player available is not quarterback at all. Even if you like uh, um, Lamar Jackson or, or Josh Allen or whoever it is, they probably don't grade out as top twelve guys. But you may really like them, and that's why they're going to they could go that high. But at 21, if Jackson's still there, Allen, Mayfield, I don't expect any of them to be. But if they were, there's a chance they're best player available. So I could see it in that scenario. Yeah, I think Jackson is the best player available at 21. I mean, how wouldn't he be? Like, in all, in all seriousness, you taking a nope. center or Michael Vick? Well, here's the thing. There was a mock where Roquan Smith was still there. And now we had the same debates of Jackson and, and Roquan at 12. So what would you do? Good God. I what would I do? Again, I lean if I believe Jackson is, and this is it. This is what it comes down to. Jackson's a good kid, but I'll do. He's a freak athlete. He, does he study the film? If so, I believe he's Michael Vick who watches film. Michael Vick didn't watch film in Atlanta. Didn't try off the field to to do any of that stuff, and he was still a freak. Imagine what, uh, if Lamar Jackson is that plus he actually pays attention and is film savvy and hardworking and all that stuff. That that most quarterbacks need to do. I like Lamar Jackson more because it's the Bengals, and they have the opportunity to let him sit. Now, I Agreed. don't know if they'll build the right offense for him, but we may be talking about a whole different offense in two years anyway, so that doesn't scare me away as much as the opportunity is enticing to let him sit. Uh, but I'd probably, I probably, I'd see like I end up in those all the times on those fan speak mocks and first pick mocks. And I go, I can't pass on Roquan Smith. He's so damn good. I know. I feel like he will be good. While I feel like the upside is probably similar for Jackson and, and Smith, different positions, but those guys could be stellar players, that difference-making type players. I feel like I know Roquan is going to be that, where Jackson, because he's a quarterback, because the hit rate isn't that great, you know, uh, there's a chance of bust, obviously. Yeah, exactly. It's It'd be tough, it, but it, it opens it up. Like now, we can have the legitimate conversation. People are going to listen to this and be like, "Oh, Lamar Jackson," but I I wouldn't be shocked if one of those other guys fell, Joe. To be honest with you, 
I wouldn't be shocked. I, guess, I, I think uh, Allen's going to go top three. I could see it. Right. I I have a hard time believing any of them won't go on the top 15 because besides Jackson, for some reason, because NFL teams are weird. But yeah, I, do I think agree. Mayfield goes as maybe Broncos, right? Seems like the perfect. I, I don't know why. It seems like that's lining up. Buffalo's going to move up. I hear they like Rosen. They could like Darnold and Allen also, but it seems like the, the, the it depends on what the Browns are going to do at one. And it's just, to me, I still think they go Sam Darnold. So that kind of leaves where does Allen fit if the Bills move up and get Rosen, and does Allen fit with the Jets or the Cardinals? And I, I still think they all end up going in that top range. This is Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car that's 100% online. Without leaving the comfort of your couch, you can browse and buy from their selection of almost 20,000 cars. And once you've made the purchase, your car comes to you delivered right to your door, or you can go and pick it up from one of the coin-operated car vending machines. All of Carvana's cars come with a seven-day return policy, ensuring that you get a car that fits perfectly with your life. Not happy? Exchange it or return it for a full refund. And with its dedication to customer service, it's why hundreds of thousands of customers have ditched the dealership and given Carvana 4.7 stars in customer satisfaction. So check it out, the nation's fastest growing auto retailer at Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Nah, but seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boost, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are. We know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in the lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there is no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code LOCKEDON to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to a 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in $200, they'll match you with another $100 in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Have you watched any of the quarterback? Like, have you went back and watched them again? We talked about this a while back, but... I don't know if I went back and watched. The last time I've seen them all was the, uh, was the uh, combine, which was a couple weeks ago. Okay. What's your rank? Who do you have won? I think Rosen is the most game-ready. Um, I still think Mayfield is the best overall. I like his intangibles and what, you know, the quick decisions, pinpoint accuracy. I think his arm is way stronger than people give him credit for because I think people assume size with arm strength, and that's not the case. Uh, I, I think Mayfield's the best. I Obviously, I still have concerns that um, – He's going to get end up in a worse offense than he had at Oklahoma, and I think that's if he came to the Bengals, their offense would be worse than what he ran in Oklahoma, uh, no doubt about it. And uh, that's going to make him a worse player, and, and uh, his production is going to drop. But 
So I like him. I I I, I like the upside upside of Darnold, but I definitely would try and sit him for as long as possible, two years. I wouldn't touch Allen at all. I like Jackson a lot. I think Jackson, his splash plays per regular plays is through the roof over anybody in this draft, any position. So for me, I would have no problem taking Jackson. The only thing that gives me pause on Jackson is that people say he's going to go later. So for me, I always try and put value into it. But for me, I, I... I would take Mayfield, Rosen, and Jackson as my top three, and I'd feel comfortable taking any of them in the top ten. You just don't like I mean, Darnold. those three. Those three. Darnold and, and Allen I would probably put as the next group. Darnold, to me, his his upside, he still looks like a Jameis Winston, Brian Fitzpatrick type where he's going to make a lot of – or try to make a lot of plays. In trying to keep up right in the pocket, he fumbles a lot because of it, tries to force throws, force back across his body. I just think he's super risky, and that is hard to take away. Um, at the same time, I watch a quarterback every week, that, and Andy Dalton, that won't take the risks. So I'm not completely against it. Yeah, it's it's it'll be interesting. I, I want to – I don't think there's a chance in hell Lamar falls to round two, by the way. I don't think that that's happening. But 21, well, I could see the Bengals, if, if they get enamored with him, again, I at this point last year, let, let's be honest here, no one really thought they were taking John Ross at this point last year either. No. But, like the beat writers and stuff, no one was doing it. No one was. Ta- we talked about wide receiver more than anyone. We talked about Ross right after the combine. Yeah. I, if you, I bet if you go back, we say, you know what? We weren't thinking of Ross, and the value might not be there at nine, but we're not getting him in the second round anymore. 51, I think, where they're picking. Yep. And uh, and we're not going to get him there. So now do you want him at nine? And we both were like, yeah, this offense needs it. And I, I remember that conversation. And we, I, Not to say we're first, but, I mean, I do believe we No, nah, we were first. Him. It's all right. <laughs> we, we ta- uh, hell, man, as many people as remind me, oh, you wanted John Ross, you bum. That I, we're still taking credit for that and owning it. <laughs> as soon as John Ross smoke somebody for a 50-yard touchdown. I know. Everyone's going to be happy, and it's going to happen. That's the thing is uh, the the Billy Price thing is if if John Ross, I tell him all the time, if John Ross went to Ohio State, everyone here would love him. Still. Oh, they'd be like, Ted Ginn. Oh, yeah, good God. (laughs) Twice the player Ted Ginn is, but they don't know. Uh, um, By the way, I I got an alert here on my phone, Ian Rappaport, saying that – your your guy because you love him. I'm just kidding. Uh, Mike Glennon, two years, eight million dollars from Arizona. So that means you know what that means, Joe. That means that they they're paying Mike Glennon, Andre Smith, two years, eight million, with up to to ten million dollars uh, for the former Bengals right tackle and uh, Sam Bradford. All the money that was going to go to Tyron Matthew, and they move more on from money. the Honey Badger. Yeah, more, more money. You're that. right. That's way more. Actually, I'm bad at math. That's way more. That's sixteen plus fifteen plus four. That's a lot. That's thirty plus million dollars. That's bad. That's um... who would you rather have? Those three guys, even if you had to draft a quarterback, those three players or Tyron Matthew. It's an easy choice for me because of, because Matthew because I wouldn't get myself continually. I, we see it across the league constantly where teams get themselves in a situation with average quarterbacks and they waste so much money and they hurt their team in the long run with it. Um, I, that's why I love what Buffalo's doing. They said, we're out of here with Tyrod. We'll get a third-round pick, which I think is great value for everyone pretty much knew they would get away from them. They're moving up, making trades to, to get up and, and get the quarterback they want. I think they're doing it great. That's the way the Eagles did it a couple years ago. I just can't see myself signing McCown 
uh, with the Jets or or, or um, Case Keenum with the Broncos or um, Sam Bradford with the, with the Cardinals. I just don't. You know, I, I thought Teddy Bridgewater got uh, what was it one year five million or in that range? Yeah, and he can make uh, up to fifteen million with a bunch of different escalators yeah. and things. Man, I would I would have loved to given that deal to Teddy for the Bengals. <laughs> I said that on the ESPN fifteen thirty today. <laughs> Oh really? I swear, yeah, one year five million. I was shocked when I heard that. <laughs> right, and put the same incentives in there. If Dalton goes down, and you got to play ten games and whatever uh, or whatever it is. Fine, you know we'd love to have Teddy as the backup quarterback. Uh, so uh, I wish that would happen because the Jets are still going to draft one. So for him, it's going to be a one year stop, maybe two if McCown retires because he's old, uh, and Teddy can still hold it, hold it for another year or two. But still, I, I thought that was an interesting move by him. I, I got to ask you a couple things here. Um, I, I want to talk to you about the AJ McCarron thing, but just because we were, were talking about Tyron Matthew, he's available on the podcast. The moment he became available, I'm like, all right, boom, I'm doing it. And, and I talked about him <laughs> and I talked about Cameron Fleming. And it was 12 minutes of me saying why it could happen, how it should happen, because they have the cap space, even though they act like they don't. Um, I'm hearing at least there, there's. At least some chirping, I'll say this, and I, I don't know if you've heard this or not. I know you have your the people you talk to as well. The Bengals were seriously considering moving on from Iloka, one of the safeties, if they got Kurt Coleman. And, and to me, yeah. I, I looked at the numbers, and I was like, huh. If they move on from Iloka, and, and I, I asked Andre Prada about it too, who's a great follower for the Bengals cap stuff, and I was like, you save, what do you save? And he said $4.4 million. So if they're willing to do that, I think the only way you do that is if you're upgrading drastically, if you're going after like that playmaking, ball-hawking, turnover-type safety. And to me, that would be a guy like Honey Badger. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. I just wonder who's your free safety if it's Iloka that you're, that you're getting rid of. I know. It's not Sean Williams, and it's not Matthew. It's not what he's done. He is. And you like Iloka, right? Like I think everyone likes Iloka, and I, I was surprised I to like hear that. And, and I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but even if the Bengals feel that way, that they would be interesting. Who knows what's going on behind the scenes and, you know, attitude-wise or whatever. You know, you never know. Um, but they don't put Iloka in position to make plays either, so maybe he's frustrated. Um, I don't think they put the safeties at all in position to make plays. But if you did that, and let's say you're with Sean Williams and Tyron Matthew, what are you going to do? You know, you need a, you need a deep guy. Matthew's going to ha- – you want to get him into the box to help him cover slot guys and tight ends too because you want to get him in close and near the football. It's going to take some steps from Derek Lisbonard also. Um, in your, you know, you can stay in your base defense and let Matthew come down and cover the, cover the slot. That's great, but you're taking snaps from a quality player. So, I, you know, for me, the fit, I don't know how they'll do it. I'm all for bringing in good players and especially guys that don't – count against your compensatory pick formula. So I'm for it if they can figure it out. But I think too many teams are going to get involved. That's going to raise the price to the point where if you're seeing them as a role player or we'll figure it out as we go, um, you probably can't convince yourself to, to spend the money. You know what? Another guy, though, I was reported a couple of days ago, but today is official, obviously, and Dominican Sue uh, being a cut. There's another guy that I think is still very, very good. And I'm all for it, to be honest with you. It, it won't hurt the comp picks. It may cost you ten, twelve million dollars in a one-year deal, uh, but I think he would drastically help that. I mean, think of that defensive line of, of Sue Atkins, Dunlap, Willis, Glosson. Um, uh, you know, all those guys coming off the edge. It that would be fantastic and change the the defensive front uh, 
huge. See, they would add huge talent. I'm on board there. And if you do that, then you can say, look, we're moving on from Michael Johnson. Like, that's that's how right. I look at it. Like, and Michael Johnson's a, what, $8 million cap hit? It's something like that, and I know you say it's a five million dollar cap savings if you move on from them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I. Th- that's the thing, Sue. He obviously is familiar with uh, defensive coordinator Terrell Austin. Yeah, I'd be interested. So him and Gino, you think? <laughs> God. Oh yeah, you can do it. And that's one of those guys where you won't need a true nose tackle because they're going to get doubled anyways. So you know you don't really have to worry about having a you know, a spacier because. The offensive line is going to be focused on them. They're not going to get to the second level to get those linebackers, anyways. It's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, I would be, I'd be on board with it. I think. I think we agree here. Like, if if you got a Sue, or and and I thought this too, and I've got this on Twitter because I floated it out on the podcast. Uh, if you if you let's say you swapped out Williams for Tyron Matthew. Oh, then then I'm then I'm listening and it, saying, that's and that's it. the thing. Like out of the two, they both they both come with dead money if you move on from them. I would personally rather have Iloka. That's why I was shocked to hear that. And again, maybe it's inaccurate, but that that's it's interesting. It is interesting. Have you? And you know, because you heard Jeff Hobson say they will consider a safety at twelve. I think it puts them in range again at twenty-one to consider safety. Um, so. I guess I'll start looking at safeties a little harder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think they're wide open as far as the draft goes. All right, Joe, I have breaking news. It is 729 Eastern time. Multiple reports now that A.J. McCarron has agreed to a two-year contract with the Buffalo Bills. That is amazing. The Bills and Bengals, best friends uh, since the uh, Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd touchdown. It's insane. Glenn and then A.J. McCarron. You know what? This, first, my first thought was, yes. We're back into a compact scenario, but that's bad because that might freeze the Bengals for a little bit. But they should sign Russell Bodine, too, because they lost Eric Wood. Come on, Bills, do it all. <laughs> you favorite team easily then. Yeah, like, it's crazy because this happens, and A.J. finds himself in the same spot he would have found himself in in Cleveland. They're going to draft a quarterback. That's apparent. Yeah. But he's going to try to beat out a rookie and show he can play in the league and be a starter Hopefully for a full season. Hopefully in his mind for a full season because the rookie's going to take plays, over. Right. If he plays well, you know what? He's going to get another contract. So the Bills will be able to trade him. It, it, this is all he could have asked for, to be honest. Give me a chance to play. I know you're going to draft a guy. Nobody came out and said, we want you to be our franchise guy. Obviously, it's a two-year deal. So we haven't got the terms yet, but just off two years, you can tell in how long he sat there. But the Bills say, listen, you know we're taking a guy, but we need a bridge quarterback. If the quarterback, if the guy we draft isn't ready, you're going to start the first half of the year, maybe the full year. If you play well, you're going to get a job elsewhere. No other team's really guaranteeing that he's going to start the season. And I think you can really expect that with that situation in Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor or A.J. McCarron, who's better? I, I think Tyrod Taylor is certainly better. Taylor's better, and we've got more tape to confirm that and, and more production. So uh, Taylor's better, but that doesn't mean they can't run their offense more efficiently with McCarron because there were times Tyrod would hold the ball a little too long or miss guys that were coming open and, and wouldn't throw it. I think McCarron's kind of the opposite. He'll keep you on time and he'll throw the ball. And he, you know, he's got the gut feel. He'll push it downfield. You look at his seven touchdowns, I think it was seven in 2015, all of them were over 15 yards downfield. Um, he will push the ball and he's not afraid to do it. So that's different from Tyrod. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Dell Technologies. 
At CDWG, we get that migrating your agency to a hyper-converged infrastructure is challenging. Like me switching to decaf. Gotta do it, don't wanna do it, but gotta do it. Whoa, slow down, friend. CDWG's experts can help simplify your transition from legacy to hyper-converged infrastructure with Dell EMC solutions that offer speed and agility. Do it, do it. Have you done it? Is it done yet? Why isn't it done yet? IT orchestration by CDWG. People who get it. Find out more at cdwg.com slash Dell EMC. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is the first one. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game, but changed their life. It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win. And the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win. And so much more who tell their stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see a number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. How about this? You ready? Just because it's fun and it's a podcast and why the hell not? Joe, let, let's do this. Let's move on from three players. You ready? Brandon okay. LaFell, Michael right. Johnson, okay. Sean Williams. Okay? Okay. Let's get Geno Atkins on the phone with Ndamukong Sue. Okay. <laughs> Because right now you're cutting Sean Williams, you're saving I I think around thirteen probably thirteen million dollars in cap savings doing that between those three something like that I would assume something like that I know it's nine without Williams so I'm guessing on the Williams deal but anyways you're saving a lot of money go after Sue right and we know okay. they have the cap space for Honey Badger anyways so just get yeah. both because then you have Iloka Matthew. You have a, a lockdown corner in William Jackson the third, Geno Atkins and Damakong Su up front with the Carl Lawson and, and all those other guys pass rushing Dunlap on the other side. Like that to me, if you're talking about like dominant getting back to like contending, that instantly yeah. makes you probably on paper the best defense in the league. Yeah, I still like the Eagles because they continue to add on the defensive line um, since the offseason started, uh, but. Yeah, I would be for that. I think that's how you build a, a championship defense. Let's and it would be it would take a lot of money. You're probably talking twenty five million between oh, yeah. those two guys. In guarantees. Yeah. Not just cap hits, I think. You I think you're talking guarantees. I could see Matthew getting three year deal, thirty eight million dollars, and someone giving him like eighteen million guaranteed. I can see Indomitian Sue getting a two year deal, twenty five million with $15 million guaranteed. So I think you're talking huge money that the Bengals don't typically give out. And I think that's why we can't ever consider these guys. We can say, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But the Bengals operate under their own cap, their own self-imposed cap. And I'm not talking about cap money, cap dollars like everyone else. I'm talking guaranteed cash, guaranteed money. You have to sign a check on the day they sign it, put it in an escrow account, and let it sit there through the life of the guarantees. And uh, the Bengals just don't do it. Last year, they, they signed off on about $18 million in guarantees uh, between the, the, the extensions, restructures, re-signing guys, uh, and a couple free agents they did bring in, like Minter and, and Andre Smith. Uh, and I think that's about right. 12 to $18 million in guarantees per offseason is what we can account for. 
Uh, and that's that's about it. But the good thing about the Cordy Glenn acquisition is it really didn't add anything to their guarantees, so it should allow them to continue. People said, well, that, that took up their $15 million they wanted to spend. Um, I could see that number getting lost in translation, that $15 million. Or if they told you know, Jeff Hobson, uh, we only got $15 million to spend. Are they talking guarantees, $15 million in cash and checks you're going to write out? Um, you know, this this month, because I can see that making sense, because they routinely go over that 15. They've had 15 last year and spent nearly 29 million in cap space. So uh, I could see that being the number I, I use for the off season, saying, okay, who can they spend on? What can they spend on? How many guys can they actually add? Uh, and right now, I think they're still in position to add some people. I just think they're going to wait for this first wave to to finish up. No, man, get the wave, get those guys, get them, get them, get them. Come on, man. That would be the most I'm exciting thing. I'm premium cash <laughs> strong and making a run at it. But I'm also very sure this team just signed Marvin Lewis to a two-year extension. So they're obviously not. <laughs> hey, really but they traded for Cordy Glenn. It's changing. You wrote it about the athletic, the offseason moves. They moved on from uh, Adam Jones. Like, see, they're, hey. they're changing some. I also and when read if you read that though it was uh, I was watch, I didn't watch I wasn't watching Dumb and Dumber but it made me it reminded me of a scene of from Dumb and Dumber where um, Lloyd trades in the 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 Muttmobile you know the big van yep. that's, that's like a dog and Harry's walking down the the middle of the highway because they drove a sixth in the a, a sixth of the country in the wrong direction you know he wakes up they're in the wrong area so he's like I'm leaving you I'm out of here I'm walking home. Um, so, you know, he's walking down and, and next thing you know, you know, you're done with this team. That was my, that was my analogy. We're done with this team. They've done enough. They've, they, we trusted them to make the right moves during the Super Bowl window. They failed miserably and now we're lost in the middle of nowhere as far from the Super Bowl as we are from the first pick. So, um, we're walking away. A lot of fans felt this way, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, here we go. You hear ching, ching, ching behind you. You turn yep. around. Who is it? <laughs> is it the Is it the Eagles making another move? The Browns spending all this cap money. What is it? Who, which team? No, it's the Bengals. And they signed Chris Baker, cut Adam Jones, and traded for Cordy Glenn. And you know what? We're right back in it, hopping on the back of that moped, and we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's what I. That's that's the angle I took to road. All right, all right, all right. I got you. I think it's not like yeah, they're a real team now. Everything's changing. It's we're so quick to jump back on as soon as they make. I'm not on it yet. I want, dude. I've already convinced myself. Tyron Matthew and and Damakong Su need to be here. And if it's not, I'm I'm not watching them next year, James. (laughs) You're a damn liar. Oh, my God. Uh, make sure you follow Joe on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. I- I'm trying to think here. So what moves do you think they should make then? I do like the Cameron Fleming suggestion. I, I-, I like the idea. He's 20. 20- Is he 24 now, turning 25, I think, in May? Yeah, I um, think so. He's th- I-, I just call him 25, but, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, coming up. Yeah, right. I- I- sometimes I struggle with that when I look at the age. Like, Cordy Glenn will be 29 in September. He's so I- 28 now, but he'll be 29. Yeah, he's 29 to me, yep. <laughs> right, that's how I kind of look at it. What are they during the, their, during the following or the, the season that's going to be played? So um, Fleming, he's young. I like his size, his length. He's a power guy. I think he fits in. He is kind of similar to Cordy Glenn in terms of uh, not really being the most athletic guy, but you know, someone that's going to lean on defenders and, and ride them up through the game and open up run, run lanes. So I think that would put the onus on making sure you get – the most athletic guy, maybe that's a Christian Westerman at right guard. Maybe Cedric Abuye gets a chance to play right guard. I'm not sure, uh, but it may make you want to say, yeah, definitely James Daniels over Price because that athleticism at center would really help on those outside running plays where um, 
where your tackles really aren't going to get out there as much because they're not the, the greatest athletes. James, Dan- James Daniels would help on that. But besides that, I do think they could still look on the offensive line. Um, Spencer Long just signed with the Jets, I think, uh, uh, and I saw that r- recently. He was on my list of uh, he's a center from Washington. I like Jack Muhor. I don't see. I didn't see if he was signed today or not, but um, he's the Colts right guard. He's played left guard. He played tackle in college. He was thought of as a tackle. I, he's had a knee injury two years in a row now, but he has played and he's played well. Uh, I would, if you want to solidify the right guard spot, if he hasn't had that much interest now. Um, I'd jump on it. But I, honestly, I think Tyler Eifert can be had now that we're going into that second wave. I hope you're right. I want him. Gone. Right. And at this point, where can you get a top-end talent? You're going to give up something, whether that's health, obviously, an Eifert situation. But if you can structure the contract around it, that's a huge addition to this offense that could use it. So I'm still for bringing back Tyler Eifert because you're not going to get a comparable weapon and then now I look at 21 in the draft, and I say, you start to get in the range for tight ends, and, and way Mike Gusecki, uh out of Penn State tested, he tested like an absolute freak. I, all the Penn State guys did, and that kind of actually raises a red flag to me. Like, what are they doing there, man? they got a great <laughs> training program. No, seriously, they all did. You see that that safety that Deion Sanders was, was like, this guy ran a 4-3, and he was a white guy? Yeah, um, I, I get yeah, you, I mean, Deion. White guys can't be fast, yeah. Right. I'm just yeah, kidding. It's, it's, he's right, though. Yeah. They, I'm, not, I'm not fast. So I'm not Most white guys aren't fast compared – aren't 4-4 four, four <laughs> fast. I get it. I was just kidding with the – yeah. Um, right. So when they all tested like that, I'm sitting here like, what is going on? Is Gusecki really that athletic? Because he didn't look that way on tape. He looks like a really good athlete and receiver. But the thing with him is you kind of say, if he's not a tremendous athlete, am I going to take him in the first or second round if I'm not going to – build my offense around that guy. If he's just an average athlete but a good receiver, like a Chase Kaufman, let's say, um, you're going to say, I can't spend that valuable pick on him because he's not a guy I'm going to use like a Jordan Reed as a slot receiver. But the way he tested now, you say, okay, he tests like he's a, a phenomenal slot receiver. Actually, I put his his spider chart, his athleticism chart at wide receiver, and he the, the top comparable was Vincent Jackson. And I think that's... That's actually the best comparable for him because he doesn't really play in line at tight end. He is, in all in all purposes, he is a tight end. He's a wide receiver. I mean, and Vincent Jackson, I think, is very comparable to play style. So I thought that was interesting that came up. And so for me, if they said Gusecki at 21, I wouldn't even be mad. I thought the value would be there later, but if they did it, I think you're adding a premium talent to the to the to the offense, and that was we were supposed to talk about free agents, but getting Eifert made me think of Gusecki, and that's how we run in circles. No, nah, I get it. I I totally get it. I I think, look, Tyler Eifert proven if you can get him at a reasonable deal, you do it and incentive laden deal. And I I think at this point, yeah, it, it's probably, I mean, how how soon until you get to that point? I mean, we got to be there soon ish. Oh, I think you're start. We're probably in there now. Where it's, it's interesting, guys like Chris Smith and Andre Smith. That's why it's surprising they signed. That's like third wave type free agents. I and, agree. And teams jumped on them. And it's I, I talked about this with someone else. That it's funny because teams always wait for that bargain for that guy. They're like, oh, well, I really like him. But if I wait till week two, we can get him at a deal. Teams aren't messing around. You know, they're like, you know, what? I like that guy. If I got to pay two million extra, the way the cap goes up, it doesn't matter. I'll pay him. So. The, the Bengals' strategy of waiting and normally getting that LaFell or that Minter or that Nate Clements or, or um, uh, uh, Terrence Newman in the third week, fourth wave, whatever, that may not be 
as viable now because teams are jumping on these guys later. So I think for if you were interested in Eifert, um, and obviously if he's not getting the calls he thought he would get, now's the time where you say, listen, we want you. It just has to be an incentive-laden deal based on games, snaps played, percentage of snaps, whatever the case may be, but it has to be based on performance. Yeah, I'm all about it. I, I hope it happens. I, I do. I, I don't think this offense is going to be – what people hope it is, even if they add to the O line, unless you have a guy like Eifert. I just think red zone wise, uh, I just I, I can't trust the run game. This team hasn't ran the ball consistently in, in a hell of a long years. time. Ten but, years, Rudy Johnson. I, I know it's been years, it's been it. forever, man. I mean, maybe Benson in '09, but even then, right. his numbers weren't That's crazy. Ten years ago. It's true. <laughs> Damn it, I'm old. <laughs> it goes by fast. It does. What do you think of the uh, the report from Perfect to be traded to the Raiders, or at least talks have have come up now it looks like it's some random guy and 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 not completely random it looks like he, he at least says he works for a news station but um i don't know i thought it was at least interesting to think about it certainly was uh the interesting thing to me about it was the fact that there was two different people who tweeted it there's a guy really? there's a guy in vegas who tweeted it and he covers the raiders for vegas now and i was like huh i wonder where that's coming from and then right. there was uh the, the the original guy the Let's see here. I'm, I'm looking it up. Chris Renkel from, from some make-believe station, CBS 42. I, it might be real. I don't know. And then Joe Arago. Are there, are there, are there local news stations all the way in Channel 40s? I, I, don't, I thought they're all in the first 12 or so. Yeah, I, that's a thing. He, he says <laughs> he says that Westlake, Ohio, Birmingham, Alabama is like his, his, uh, his location. So uh, let's just say he's wrong. But then another guy said it too. Uh, this Joe Arago from um, – from Vegas. And from Vegas. Benjamin so, Benjamin Albright too. He's 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 going to be you know one of those guys that that he breaks a lot of stuff on Twitter and I, you know I feel like he's the Twitter version of our Adam Schefter and things like that where you're going to get good news from him, um, credible wise. And he retweeted it. So that doesn't that's not a complete endorsement as we know retweets are not endorsements. But just in doing that, I was like, really? Maybe there's something to that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting what. Like you, you better give me a lot, Raiders. If I'm giving up Vontez, but right. what would Vontez be worth? That's, I, that, I that's the thing. Like, like you need a first round pick, or and I'm like, really? Would he get a first round pick? And I'm like, no, you're not get a first. You're not get a first for for perfect. No, but that, that's would you give him up for a second? Yeah, you would. <laughs> I would. You would on the field. You would. I would. I would. You wouldn't. Shut. Get out of here. You just talked about about all this. Bring Tyler Eifert in. Bring Tyler Eifert in because he's an elite talent. We're going to let Vontez walk. I'm not. No one's offering me a second round pick for Eifert. If they oh, were, Eifert walk. Good God. This he's team draft Gasecki with it. But listen, a second round pick. Raiders pick like what nine ten in that range. They had to flip a coin for. Yeah, it. they got ten round linebacker. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch, um, Baker from Ohio State. Maybe uh, you know this may, may be a half round too early, but. Uh, Evans from Alabama, I think you could end up in a good situation with a guy that stays a little healthier and maybe adds a, a little athleticism. Now, don't get me wrong. Perfect changes the defense completely in the, in the structure and mindset of the entire team. Just remember but, you said this, Joe. I know. Can't but listen. Yeah, I traded for a second. So, this team has 11 picks. What more picks? Not the Browns. Go ahead. But if it was me, I'd, I'd have 11 picks and I'd be moving up. I'd be trying to – I wouldn't be trading back to 21. I'd be trading to five and get Quentin Nelson. But that's besides the point. So. 
He's going to go. He should go three to Indianapolis. I don't know why that's even a debate. That's the stupidest thing ever. Protect- the Giants at two should should consider it. Yeah, they're not but, taking Barkley, and they don't love a quarterback. No, but, but by the way, Barkley's going to be there at four if the Browns want him. I'll go ahead and break the news right now. He'll be there at four three. if they want him. Especially once Buffalo trades up for their quarterback. Exactly. It's it's insane. I don't know why people are, Barkley won. That's dumb. That's just it, it's dumb. He's going to be there it's at four. Not happening. Happening. When's the I last time we saw a running back go top three? Ezekiel with Elliott, or do you go? He fourth? went fourth. Yeah, like I just yeah, Bosa went ahead of him, right? Yeah, yeah. So I just yeah, I I don't know, man. I can't believe you just said you trade Vontez Perfect, and I'm not even a big Perfect guy. He hates me, but I don't. He know. barely plays. He's yeah. as unreliable as Eifert is. I agree. I, I've made that. See, that's the argument I've made for Eifert. Everyone loves Vontez Perfect. He's played in 56% of his games in the past four years. Yeah. Eifert's played in 49% of his games over the past, over his career. So it's, it's yeah, close. So if someone was offering you a second-round pick for Tyler Eifert, would you take it? I think Vontez Perfect is better than Tyler Eifert, but yes, I see where you're going. Like I, I, Vontez Perfect changes the whole defense. I think Vontez Perfect. You're you're gonna call me crazy. I think he's more important to the defense when he's out there and playing at a high level than Gino. Yes, you're crazy. But <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> to, to to flip the scenario a little bit. Yes, you're I, crazy. I mean, if 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 Perfect was a free agent right now, I'd say yeah, I want him back. So it's not that I'm saying I don't want him. A second rounder, a top ten, a top 10 second rounder. For what? Every year, that's. That's Joe Mixon. That's every year. Yeah, because Joe Mixon round. had off the field. Joe Mixon's a top ten pick. Joe Mixon's Calvin Cook went in the top and went in the second round. The Bengals character issues with him too. The Bengals thought he had more issues than than Joe Mixon. I'm picking bad examples, but you know what I mean. <laughs> picking all these guys that have like really bad character flaws, according to the team. <laughs> Tyreek Hill went in the fifth round. Trade him for a right. fifth. <laughs> no, I'm not being. I'm not being that guy. I'm saying I know a second round pick is a premium pick, especially in the top ten. Every year, you you go home on that Thursday uh, after right. watching the draft, and you go, "Man, there's some really good guys there." All right, so you would trade him. You are on record saying you trade Andy. What if that's Billy Price. I'm about to get all the people listening. What if that's Billy Price? You want to trade Burfitt for Billy Price? No, no. This is a center rich draft. No. What? Uh, you're, that's a good point, James. <laughs> It's a linebacker deep draft. It's Will Hernandez is still there. Man, Will Hernandez at right guard. You're not trading perfect for that? For a guard? No. Okay, Alex, Alex Redmond will play guard. Alex Redmond. Sure. That's like <laughs> Cedric Olehi. Jordan Evans will play linebacker in place of perfect. <laughs> That's not the same. It might be. Yeah, but they don't have a guard right now. They have perfect. And you get rid of perfect. Yeah, Jordan Evans is going to play. Along with Vinny Ray. You want right. that? If you don't draft Will Hernandez or Isaiah Wynn. Guess who's playing at guard? Alex Redmond. Okay, so let's just give up. So you would trade Burfecht and Dalton. Who are you keeping? AJ Green. Start my roster. You wouldn't make, but you would not trade Burfecht. I don't believe you at all. I don't believe you one I, bit. I think you're trolling would, right now. I would have a hard time pulling the trigger. I would. But, you know, if it was. Uh, the 10th pick, where the Raiders pick? Would you then you would do it, right? 10th pick for, for Burfecht? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, would I trade Burfecht for Raquan Smith? Yeah. Right. Would I trade okay. him for, for Edmonds from Virginia Tech? Yeah. Okay. So there's a value gap in there. and 
right. a big gap. That's like thirty picks. <laughs> yeah, but those there's a so many years. Every year, I would say there is a good chunk of first round guys still available in that top of the second round. Reggie Ragland was a first rounder a couple years ago, and he ends up being there in the second round for the Bills. Then they traded up for him. And he didn't work out for the Bills. They traded him to the Chiefs. I thought he played excellent, actually, when he got a chance. Um, but I'm just saying, there's always guys there. I'm going to bring up I'm like, get my computer here. History second-round picks. You're losing me. me. All of them. You're losing me right now. I know. So out of the two, here, we'll do this. We'll do a poll. Okay. And right. tweet us at James Erpine, at Joe Goodberry. Which one is crazier? Which, which is the crazier idea? <sighs> Trading Vontez Burfick for a second-round pick so we can get some center in a center-rich draft, or especially they a have eleven. Starting center. They have eleven picks. They have eleven picks. They do. They can get that center anyways. By the way, you're right. Or cutting Sean Williams. God, I'm taking people's jobs away. This sounds awful. Uh, what Sean, are you doing? Sean Williams. Um, you're putting a man with a family out on the street. <laughs> Michael Johnson and Brandon LaFell and bringing in. See, mine's yours is splashy too, though. Mine's splashy. Bringing in and Kong Sue and Tyron Matthew. You could pick one of those guys, and you're still crazier. What? Yeah. Are you serious? How is that? In that's no, that's smart because then you have Sue we, Atkins and Perfect on the same defense. Are we taking in uh, an account how crazy the, of an idea that would be to like Mike Brown? Uh, because, I, I don't know because he didn't trade Chad Johnson when Chad won it out. So I, I don't know. I don't think he would trade Vontez Perfect either. I also don't think he's going to cut a bunch of players that he uh, knows and values and goes to sign Tyron Matthew. So he should. Oh, well, he should. Yeah. Right. Uh, and you, so which one's crazier? Let us know on Twitter. You're ridiculous. I can't believe we're. I didn't know you loved Vontez Perfect so much. I don't. I, that guy. <laughs> that guy screamed at me in the locker room when I was interviewing Carlos Dansby. But friend, you guys hanging out after this? Second round pick. Are you kidding me? A premium second. I didn't just say a second. We're not talking about the twenty. We're not talking about the seventieth pick or the sixtieth or the fiftieth. We're talking about like the fortieth pick. Yeah, fortieth. And they have the forty-sixth pick. Man, load up. It's a forty-second oh, pick. Yeah. Imagine what you can do with that. You finding a Vontez Perfect? How, how many Va- <laughs> how many Vontez Perfects are there on Earth? Like six? Only, I mean, he is unique though because <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Here we go. Explain it away. I should I can explain it away. I can explain why Perfect is so good and so valuable to this team and Easily could be the MVP of any game he steps on the field for. Uh, but at the same time, availability is an issue, and especially when they haven't drafted linebackers well. And so that's the case against me, too, because if I'm saying I'm going to replace Perfect with a drafted linebacker at that spot, there's no guarantee they're going to get a guy that's even halfway decent. Nick Vigil, Jordan Evans, they're okay, but, the, you know, flashes, that's all we got. They didn't actually produce well. Um, but P.J. Dawson, just a couple years ago, they've struggled to draft linebackers. Yeah, they have struggled to draft linebackers. That's why they're paying all the time for A.J. Hawk, James Harrison, and Kevin Minter, and I think I'm missing someone. And you're the one who wants to trade away the one that they got right in the draft by signing him undrafted. I do think that they can still uh, end up signing a linebacker here in free agency. I agree. I, I hope they get to hear Whitehead. I, I want them to spend well, all their money. I, I want them I to spend too. all of it. 
Yeah. <laughs> He's like the second most like valuable linebacker in the draft. I'm like, I yeah, want to be the him. Eagles right now. The Eagles are two million over the cap coming into <laughs> four o'clock. Uh, did they cut Michael Kendricks? I think that's what was going to get them under it. But um, yeah, I mean, that's what I want to be. <laughs> the people talking about cap hell. Oh, you're cap, you can't sign anyone. Yeah. You gotta see every team in the league signing people. Yep. But the Bengals. Hey, they traded for Cordy Glenn though. Championship. You're right. You're right. It's not all bad. You know what, too? A lot of people say, well, the Packers don't sign anyone. The Packers, every once in a while, they do. And they'll splash for, like, uh, Julius Peppers or Charles Woodson, or in this case, uh, uh, Jimmy Graham. They'll, uh, Julius, yeah, did I say Julius Peppers? Yeah, they'll splash once in a while for those guys. Yeah, I agree. I, I was wondering when the heck uh, they would uh, do that. And that's the thing is, like, even Green Bay's doing it now. Everyone's doing it, but no. You know where Eifert's going to end up, by the way? Well, we can end with this. You know where Eifert's going to end up? Pittsburgh. Yep. He's Is that gonna, what you going to say? Yeah, he's going to end up in Pittsburgh. That's exactly what's going to happen. The, the Steelers operate very similarly. I didn't know this until recently, last like year and a half, looking at some of their contracts, how they were struggling. Not so much struggling. They're were, they were, they were able to retain a guy like a, uh, Antonio Brown the same way the Bengals do with, with A.J. Green. But you see how much guaranteed money. You see they don't like to cut guys early. And I'm like, oh, they are similar, but they win. So I don't think of them the same way. I don't yeah, know. Ben. Yeah, that, that, that's a big difference. That matters a lot, Andy yeah. Dalton. But That's why the Packers could be the Packers with Rodgers without spending crazy money out there because it's a big difference. True or false, Andy Dalton is better than Tyrod Taylor, but the gap isn't that significant. Oh, that's completely true. Thank you. 100% true. Got into a debate about that today. Yeah, Cleveland has a quarterback close to Andy. Cleveland has closed the gap on the Bengals just by adding Tyrod because the quarterback position has now become, went from a B, you know, that the Bengals have a B, the Browns went to a B minus if they use Tyrod correctly. And so the gap, the roster wasn't that far apart. The Browns had issues, but they've added talent. They have a, a buttload of uh, draft picks. I wouldn't be surprised if that gap is very close this year. Yeah, I agree. Especially, they're, they're going to get a receiver. Saquon Barkley? Oh, yeah. Barkley at four. Minka Fitzpatrick. Do you like Minka? Are you a fan? I, I am a fan. But, again, the same thing we talked about with Matthew you're going to have to let him play safety corner. And not every team feels comfortable doing that. And if you do, I'm cool with that. For the Bengals, we would replace Dark West Bernard, in my opinion, rather than be played directly at safety because just how he he fits. So uh, that made me like him a little bit less. But, yeah, I think he's a really good player. Yeah. The way Nick Saban talks about him, I think, is key. He's like he's the smartest guy I've ever had. He's creating game plans with us and film room junkie and he's lining everybody up. He knows everyone's assignment on every play. And I'm like, yeah, if you've had a lot of guys come through Alabama and he talks about them that way, uh, this guy might be special. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's another team, by the way, I think will back up the Brinks truck potentially for a Tyron. Maybe I could see it. Oh yeah, for sure. I uh, think like the Jets, if he gets back with Todd Bowles, because Bowles, Bowles was there when he was uh, yeah. with the Cardinals. Yeah, they should, here's the bottom line. The Bengals picked Margus Hunt over him. I lost my mind. That's that's what should have happened. They should have picked him then. That's it. Everyone should have picked him, though. No, but come on, Joe. You remember. that? Like, that's I can't the remember one, who the secondary was, though, that year. Those that's years. the one I wanted. They had just picked Drake Kirkpatrick in the first round the year that's before. Right. It was that year. They really needed a corner then, yeah. They had Newman on the roster, right? Yeah, yeah. so they picked Drake Kirkpatrick in the first round the year before. So that was 12. So Tyron got drafted in 13, I believe. 
Yeah, it was the Gio Bernard and Marcus Hunt in the second round. Oh my God! Eifert in the first. Yep, literally that was, that was think a bad about that draft too. Think about that Eifert, Geo, Tyron. That would have been there. Oh. Sean Williams. They went Sean Williams right after too. So it's not they didn't need a safety. Tyron's better than Sean Williams. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> the, I'm saying is the, it's not like the saying safety is, wasn't on their radar. Yeah, it clearly was. Yeah, they, they I, overdrafted John Williams. They that's one of the ones I didn't like that they that at least panned out to be a solid starter. They nailed, yeah, because he was. There was the other kid. Was it Battle or what? What was it from uh, Rambo? Rambo, yeah, Battle. Rambo. Rambo. Yep, that was the guy that people thought out of Georgia was going to be the safety that that went he had first. The ball skills in the range, the, and there's a free safety type. And and Rambo ended up playing for a bunch of teams and having like I think for the Bills one year he had six or eight picks. Um, he played. I just there was something missing with him, and I don't. It it didn't allow him to stick with every team. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's the stuff you don't see with prospects, though. You know, you especially if you're not talking to them or meeting them or talking to scouts and coaches. You know, from my seat, it, I don't see that stuff if he's not mentally all there or he doesn't like to get physical or maybe he's just a diva or whatever the case may be. I'm not being specific to Rambo, but uh, you know, you don't you don't see that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's 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 part of it that you just you have no idea about. And Sean Williams was like a captain. He was he was the one guy lining up and calling the plays for the defensive backfield for Georgia. So like he didn't have to be a great athlete or have the best ball skills. He was a compact, strong guy who tested well, and he tested better than when I thought he looked like on tape. And uh, yeah, it's worked out. So you know, for the most part, uh, they didn't miss. Yeah, I I agree. Man, oh man. Uh, well, hopefully they make some moves. This was fun. Um, Tyrod Taylor is going to lead the Browns to the Super Bowl, and the Bengals are. What would make you angry? I got asked this today, and um, we'll end it with this because I, I said that like five minutes ago. Um, what would make you angry as a Bengals fan? The Browns getting a playoff win before the Bengals or the Steelers winning a Super Bowl? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's tough. I would say the Steelers um, because the Browns don't. The Browns are like your little brother or the guy you know that you kind of feel bad for that just keeps getting bad breaks and bad luck. So the Steelers are the bully. They're the guy who beats you up and then doesn't get in trouble. He's the guy. He, he's what you're at school. You're in grade school, right? He's always punching you in the shoulder every day or pushing you into a locker. In this scenario, we're a little nerdy kid. And, uh, you know, one day we're like, this is it. I'm tired of it, and I'm going to hit him back. And so you hit him. You hit the Steelers back. And as soon as you do, the principal's right there. And then you get caught and you get in trouble and they they go on and you know get accolades and, and they get celebrated and uh, here you are you, you're the, you're looked at as the bad guy that's who the Steelers are so screw them don't let them win yeah I, I actually agree with that I I would much rather watch the Browns win a playoff game I think most people would act matter about that initially because they've seen a uh, a Steelers Super Bowl win but ultimately I never want to see the Steelers win another Super Bowl ever so. And, and depending on who the Browns are playing, I can actually see myself rooting for them in that scenario because I, I like the underdog. I kind of feel like I've always gravitated towards that. So, uh, yeah, I can see myself saying, yeah, go ahead, Browns, beat the Ravens or the Colts or Chargers or whoever it is. Yeah, I would rather Browns-Bengals be first, second in the AFC North than the other two teams, always. So. Oh, in fact, I would love to see that. Yeah, me too, me too. And then, uh, you know, your Bills can be somewhere in there as well. My bills, come on! I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you you just live the bills. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Did you fill out a bracket? No, <laughs> I haven't filled out a bracket in years. What? Really? 
Yeah, yeah, the fact that you answer no, is that weird? Yeah, that's a little weird. You don't have like a, a bracket at work? No, I haven't been at work in a couple of weeks because we've been oh, that's negotiating true. a contract. Well, Maybe there is. I don't know. Do, do email? I mean, usually they use email. Use email at your work? Yeah, yeah but I use no bracket. <laughs> no bracket. Wow. No bracket. So, uh, to be honest, I haven't filled out a bracket in probably five years. Interesting. I'm judging. You shot within the first weekend. I'm judging so you. I'm judging you a little. Judge me. <laughs> He's Joe Goodberry of The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Joe Goodberry. All right, last thing. Prediction. Who do the Bengals sign next? They sign Tyler Eifert. All right, I hope you're right. (laughs) Joe, I appreciate the time, man. All right, James. Take care. He's Joe Goodberry. Make sure you check out his work in The Athletic. I hope you enjoyed that. You asked for it. I I pretty much threw it out there. Whether or not we should do that uh, again, which basically Joe and I just BSing about whatever football topics come to mind. I'm on Twitter at James Rapine at Locked On Bengals. Check out LockedOnBengals.com. And earlier today, recorded a podcast specifically about signing Tyron Matthew. Check that out. LockedOnBengals.com, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcast. I'm James Rapine. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Did you watch the 2020 Reds with higher expectations than a first-round wild-card exit of epic proportions? Did you think that the Reds hitting would come around with the signings that they made last offseason? Are you wondering who is asking you all of these questions? Hi, my name is Jeff Carr, and I host the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day throughout the offseason, I'm going to take a look at these Reds, how they fix what didn't work in 2020 and how they continue their success in 2021. But wait, there's more. I'll also have interesting interviews with players, writers and everyone in between talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Come join me on the Locked On Reds podcast each and every day.